All right, good evening, everyone. Hopefully, everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. We'd like to say praise the Lord, praise the Lord, and praise the Lord again. Thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. I remember in the old one place in the Old Testament, God said, how long will these people afflict me? How long will they not listen to me after all that I've done for them? How long until we get our acts together? Welcome back to Join the Midst of the Storm, a, a program where we do weekly live stream Bible studies on Facebook and upload the audio versions shortly thereafter to all major podcast platforms. This is week 50 week 50 if i'm not mistaken so thank you for all who has been along with us throughout this journey and we there is no plans no sites on stopping anytime soon the word of god has got to get out there and i don't really have anything to announce other than for the people who are listening thank you or watching or listening and the people who are going to be listening on the podcast later on thank you as well you are greatly appreciated keep the questions coming keep asking keep reaching out prayer requests whatever you may want please keep interacting with us as you can see from the title we'll be talking about no lot no knowledge in the land you know the human species is not going to do anything but outsmart itself we're trying to figure out how to get to mars how to build a base on the moon how to live forever we try to figure out every little single thing that we can instead of trying to figure out what's most important to us what's going to grant us eternal salvation and that's what god is telling us so without any further ado i'm going to pass it over to minister tony banks so we can go ahead and get started with this evening's message thank you melvin uh before we get too ahead of ourselves we always like to start by saying a prayer if you guys are at a place where you can bow your heads and join in with us Heavenly Father, thank you for yet another opportunity to study your word. Thank you for how you've continued to watch over and keep us, Lord. How you brought us from one week to the next week, Lord. We know so many people didn't make it. So, Lord, we always want to say thank you because you allowed us to and you didn't have to. So, Lord, we're praying for the sick, the shut-in, the afflicted, all the people going through so many trials and tribulations, Lord. We just like to offer up a prayer lord that you will continue to be with us to be with all of us no matter what it is that we're facing that you will continue to show us that no matter what lord there is joy in the midst of every storm and so lord we're crying out to you tonight lord that you would be with this bible study that you would allow your word to go forth lord that you would increase so that i would decrease that lord you would touch someone through this message that you would allow someone to be blessed with this message lord and we're praying that it all be according to your will and your precious name jesus we pray amen amen so as melvin already mentioned we're going to talk about the knowledge in the land this is something that's bothered me a lot recently uh well it's always bothered me but i've thought about it recently uh, because I, I talk, I try to talk to so many people, and uh, whenever I talk to people, I find out where our knowledge is. Because people can tell you so many things, depending on what it is that you love, what you have a passion for. Uh, I mean, if it's photography, you can talk about so many different types of cameras and the lenses that go on cameras and the brands of cameras. And we get so intricate 
in whatever it is that we have a passion for. I mean, if you have a passion for schools, I mean, you can tell what the Ivy League schools are. You can tell what the bottom tier, the top tier, doesn't matter. You can tell what types of colleges you can go to, the four-year institutions, the two-year. You can tell all these types of things. You can talk about the different degrees you can obtain. If, you, if you're a sports person, you can talk about players. You can say, well, their stats back in 1957. I mean, you remember all of, <laughs> you remember centuries away because of what it is that you have a passion for. You strive to have so much knowledge in that said thing. And so when it comes to God, though, the one that we agree that he is the most important. God is the most important being in this world. The most important thing to us, a lot of us would admit, is God himself. But when it comes to him, we don't really have much knowledge. We can't really tell you all of the fun facts about God that we can and when it comes to photography or, uh, <laughs> or microphones or different types of lights or, or computers, or, or science, or, or stars, or galaxies. We can't tell you all these facts about all these things, about God, excuse me, the way we can all these other things. And so that, a lot of times I think about that because it's sad when for, now I can understand it when it's coming from people who don't even believe in God, who, who say they don't even love God, they don't even think he exists. I can understand it coming from those people, but from people who say, I love God, he means so much to me. I'm saved. I can't wait to go to heaven to be with God. For those people, when we have no knowledge, there has to be an issue. And some people will say, well, what you don't know won't hurt you. We won't know everything. People use that excuse a lot. <laughs> you can ask them some simple questions about God. They say, man, well, you, you just can't know everything. Yeah, that's true. But when it comes to, <laughs> again, what it is you love, you try to find out so much information. You, you set out to know everything, knowing you won't. But you actually try to know everything possible about that, uh, that principle, whatever it is. But with God, we set out to know nothing. We say, you won't know everything about him, so I'm not even going to try. <laughs> and, and that was brought to my attention. I was talking to uh, a preacher, and we had began to talk about... Uh, the Trinity and after they began to tell me uh, a preacher and another friend after they began to tell me about what they believed in and I asked them about baptism I said well if you believe in what you're saying you believe in why not baptize in the name of Jesus the one that we say we adore. He is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. Why would, we, why would you not baptize in the name of Jesus the way the apostles did? And I was told that the apostles did not baptize in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost because they did not have the Holy Ghost yet. 
Now, this is what I was told from a preacher. Someone who said they had years and years of experience in church. A preacher. And I said, man, the apostles did have the Holy Ghost, though. Now, that's found in Acts, the second chapter. So what I began to realize was this man had no knowledge of God. It did not matter to me how long he had been preaching. He still had no knowledge of God. And that's an issue. When we're talking about people teaching us scripture, teaching us understanding, teaching us doctrine, if they have no knowledge of God, who can we rely on to give us knowledge? Because God himself said he would give you pastors according to his own heart who would feed you with knowledge and understanding. So let's go to Hosea 4 and 1. We'll look at the focus verse here. Uh, we might actually go to Acts the second chapter, but let's go to Hosea 4 and 1. All right. Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. So I'm praying somebody would hear this. Somebody would listen up to the word of the Lord. You children of Israel. Now he's talking to the church. He ain't talking to the world now because a lot of time we when people read stuff in the Bible, we always feel like God's talking to unsaved folks. Is <laughs> he talking to the people that don't know him? That's what he talked. No, he said the children of Israel. He's talking about the church. He's talking about saved people. So if you want to know who this message is to, it's to you. It's to somebody who already saying, I'm already saved. Just as well as it's to somebody who said, I don't even know God. I'm trying to find out who he is. It's to, it's to all. So he said, hear the word of the Lord. To the children of Israel, the church. All right. For the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. This is the problem that God has with us. He has this issue with all of us, with the inhabitants of the land. Somebody might get smart and say, well, I live. On, <laughs> I live in the water. I live out on the water. <laughs> we try to get so smart. Melvin said, we're going to outsmart ourselves. <laughs> but he's talking to us all. He said, there is an issue. There's a problem, a controversy that I have with you guys. All right. Because there is no truth. There is no truth. That's what the man was telling me. There was no truth to what I was told. He said, the, the apostles, they could not baptize in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost because they did not have the Holy Ghost yet. There was no truth in that statement because the apostle, we better go get that. The apostles received the Holy Ghost before they ever baptized a soul. The apostles did it right. We better go get that. Acts the second chapter. And we'll come back here. We'll start at verse 1, and then we'll drop down to verse 4, because I don't want to read too, too much here. All right, Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. The Bible tells us in Acts, the first chapter, there were 120 people here. 
including the 11 apostles. Because Judas had already killed himself. So we had 11 apostles here plus the 120. Jesus' family, his mother, his brothers, his sisters, his family was there to receive the Holy Ghost as well as his disciples, the, the 11. And so we find them in one place with this purpose in mind. Drop down to verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. I haven't found a word that exceeds the word all yet. They were all filled, all 120, all filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh-huh. And began to speak, speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They began to speak in tongues because they had the Holy Ghost. All of them, all 120. And we know the story. We won't go through that. We've heard this story so many times. Drop down to verse 38. So they received the Holy Ghost in the early part of the chapter. All right. Verse 38. Mm -hmm. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Drop down to 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. They baptized him. Now, Peter and the rest of the apostles received the Holy Ghost in the beginning of this chapter. And it was not until after that until after that he said all of you people need to be baptized in the name of Jesus and those people that took heed to their words said let's do it then we must be baptized in his name because there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved there is no other name so we're talking about knowledge because that's what we don't have today is the knowledge of God. Because we got knowledge of other things. All these same people, all the people I've talked to, they can tell you so many things that I couldn't tell you. So many things about different subjects that I could not tell you. But when it comes to God, we can't tell each other anything. We have no knowledge of God. Let's go back to the book of Hosea. Back to 4 and 1. Because God said he has an issue with his people. With his children, the church. God said he has an issue with his people because his people have no knowledge of him. 4-1, Mill. Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. For the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth. There is no truth. We're saying things, and people are believing them, but they're not true. When this man was telling me these things, there was a bystander, another person there. He said, yeah, I agree with him. I said, my God, <laughs> there is no truth to what this man is telling you. If you will go to the scripture, you'll find out there's no truth. But we don't want to do that. I tried to show the man. I said, look, it's here in the book. Get the book. It's here in the book. The man glanced at it. He didn't even want to see it. <laughs> 
He didn't even want to see it. He said, there is no truth, all right? Nor mercy, mm -hmm. nor knowledge of God in the land. There is no knowledge of God in the land, all right? By swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out and blood touches blood. Now, we know all these things are happening right in the church. People lying, people killing, stealing, doing all these things, adultery, fornicate. It's all happening in the church. We know it's happening in the church. Drop down to verse 6 because a lot of times people will tell you, God is not going to punish you for not knowing. A lot of times people will tell us that. But let's see what God says himself. Verse 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. God said you need to learn something. Because there are issues overtaking you because you don't know. What we don't know will hurt us. And that should be obvious. It should be obvious. I've said it so many times. If I have cancer and don't know it, it's hurting me every day. Every single second. It's hurting me. If there is going to be a blizzard coming tomorrow and I don't know it, I'm not going to be prepared for it. I'm going to be caught unprepared. And so it's the same way with God. There's things he's expecting of us. And if we don't know it, we'll get caught with our work undone. There's things he wants us to do. And so if we don't do it, he said, we'll be destroyed. His people, we are being destroyed because we don't know. All right. Because thou has rejected knowledge. Because thou has rejected knowledge. In the book of Jeremiah, he told us, he said, God said, I will give you pastors according to mine own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Here, he said, we have rejected knowledge. So what we're doing is rejecting the words of true preachers that God sends. And that's what I tried to give the man, but they didn't want to hear it. They rejected the knowledge that I had given them. I said, man, look, it's all here. I can show you in the scripture. We don't have to talk about what it is that we think, what we suppose. We can go straight to the book and get it clear. But God's people, the church people, we're rejecting knowledge daily. And let's find out what God said he's going to do as a result. I will also reject thee. He said, I also reject you. Because you would not accept his word. The scriptures are his word. The scriptures is what testifies of God himself, the scriptures. He said he will reject us. All right. That thou shall be no priest to me. <laughs> you won't be a priest to him. He said we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. He said you won't be that to me because you have not set yourself apart. You're still behaving yourself 
as if you were in the world, as if you were not saved. You're still lying. You're still stealing. You're still committing. You're still doing all these things he told us not to do because you continue to reject knowledge. You continue to reject what he said. Sure, we have knowledge of every other thing. We have become rich. We have become entrepreneurs. We have, <laughs> we learned how to tie our bow tie. We learned how to put our tuxedo on, put our shoes on the right foot, tie our shoes. We've learned so many things, but we have no knowledge of God. When the, when the conversation gets on God, find out how quiet we get. <laughs> because you get quiet when you don't know any answer. You say, well, well I don't know. I mean, we're, we're not going to know everything. I've heard it so many times. If you ask simple questions, you say, man, how, how should we get baptized? All you got to do is do some research. Go study in your Bible to find out. Study how the apostles did it. Find out what they did. All you got to do is put in a little time. This, look at how long we go to school. I couldn't even sit here and tell you how many years you go to school. We go to preschool. <laughs> then you go to elementary, middle school, high school. You go to college. You go to uh, graduate school. You go to school after that. You go to school. You never. <laughs> we never stop going to school trying to learn things. But imagine if we put that much time and effort into learning about the knowledge of God. If we put that much studying into God, somebody would say, man, there's something wrong with them. If you told somebody you were up, you didn't even go to sleep. You stayed, you pulled an all-nighter, they call it. You pulled an all-nighter studying your Bible. And somebody said, man, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what, what you studying for? You lost your mind? But if you pull an all-nighter for biology class... They say, oh, yeah, he trying to he trying to make it. He want to be successful. They dedicated. The that's the reaction we get when it comes to studying, trying to gain knowledge of things in general versus knowledge of God. People find it strange. So this is what we're dealing with. So God says His people. We are being destroyed because we don't know. Even though someone told you, you don't have to know everything. Of course you won't know everything. If we knew everything, we'd be God. So all too often I find when I talk to people, especially people who should know these things about God, they say, well, well man, I just don't know. I, I just don't know. I said, man. In my mind, I'm wondering, when will you know? When will you try to know? Because these same people, we have degrees. We've tried to learn a lot of stuff. But when it comes to God, we say, I don't know. And I don't have to know either. I'm not going to try to know. But that's a dangerous game because God said, we're being destroyed because we don't know. 
Read that one again. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. We don't want God to reject us. We don't want God to reject us. Let's move over to uh, Colossians, the first chapter. Um, and I think I want verse 9. Yeah, we'll start at verse 9. Alright, for this cause we also for this cause we also, since the day we heard it, did not cease to pray for you. Now we find here Paul talking. Now he says, for this cause, now he's talking to the church. He didn't write a letter to people he didn't know. He wrote a letter to the church. Read that again for us, Mel. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Mm -hmm. And to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, Paul is concerned with their knowledge and spiritual understanding. He want we have a lot of earthly understanding because, again, we under man, we can tell you so many things about atoms and protons and neutrons and elect Jimmy neutron. You can talk about <laughs> we can tell you about all kind of neutrons. We can tell you about so many things in this world. We can tell you how light, how we can see. You can you can explain to somebody how you can see. Man, the, the light reflect refracts off of your lens. You can tell people all kinds of stuff. <laughs> we can get so deep. Now, if you tell people these things, they say, oh, man, that's cool. That's so interesting. But if you get deep into the knowledge of God, they say, man, you get y'all get too deep. You, you look too deep in that stuff. They say, man, you're just thinking too deep. But if you tell somebody a cool scientific fact, they say, wow, man, they're so smart. <laughs> man, it's amazing how the devil deceives us. I can't tell you how many times people told me, man, you're looking too deep. But all the while, you're looking deeply into your computer engineering. That's not an issue. But God is concerned with the knowledge of him. Paul here is concerned with God's people getting wisdom, spiritual knowledge and understanding of him. We need that understanding of God. In one place, he said, with all that getting, get an understanding. Because it means nothing to know something, but to not to not understand it. It means nothing. So he says here, he continues to pray for them that they would get wisdom and understanding. All right. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, if we were to do this, if we were to gain understanding spiritual knowledge we would be pleasing in the eyesight of God we would be increasing in the knowledge of God because this is what he told us was a problem he said there was no knowledge of him in the land we did not understand him we don't know about him we couldn't tell somebody the first thing about God 
And if we do, there's no truth to it. He said, there's no truth. They're wrong. And they don't want to get right. So he says, increasing in the knowledge of God, because knowledge. Now, we've heard this all the time. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Read that next verse for us, Mel. Strengthening with all might, according mm -hmm. to his glorious according power. According to his glorious power. Because once you receive the knowledge of him, you receive power. You understand how to behave yourself in situations. You understand that no matter how this situation looks, God still is in control. You have a power that other people don't have. They said, man, I don't see how you can act like that. Somebody told me, even yesterday, they said, man, you are special. I said, no, man, I'm not special. You have the same opportunity to the same power that I have. All I have is the knowledge of God. That's it. You have the opportunity to receive the same thing. God wants you to have it. He wants you to have knowledge of him, but you're rejecting it daily. Daily, we're rejecting it. I said, man, how many times have I asked you to come to Bible study? He said, and <laughs> I said, how many times have we talked about this since I've known you? I've brought up Bible studies, but every time you make up some excuse. But now if it's the ball game or if it's to play video games or if it's to do get drunk or have fun, our schedules are clear. We're clear for takeoff. So we're going to make them clear. <laughs> We're going to make it clear. So we continue to reject knowledge and God sees it. If Tony can see it, I know God sees it. Tony sees things way before I, or excuse me, God sees things way before I do. So God sees how we reject him. We don't want to learn. I said, man, he, he, a friend was telling me, he said, man, we can fix things. We can give the world hope. I said, man, no, we can't. God already said he was going to destroy this world. He said, he going to destroy the world? I said, yeah. If you would study your Bible, you would know this. All of this is going to be destroyed. But we have no knowledge. And that makes me so sad. Because we're talking about people who want to be a part of God's plan. I said, man, if, if God's plan is to destroy this world, how can you be a part of his plan when you don't know what he's going to do? How can you be a part of it? You don't even know what's going to happen. I'm not saying we have to know every single detail. I don't know every single detail. But there are things God wants us to know. This is the beginning. Paul told us that the principles of the doctrine. He said this is the beginning of the gospel. Knowing that Jesus Christ died for us. Knowing that there's an eternal judgment. Knowing that God's going to destroy the world. This is the beginning of the gospel. This, this is not, this isn't the deep stuff. He said this is the beginning. This is introductory. So we have so many people who are claiming to be saved who don't even know the introductory phases of salvation. We have no knowledge of God.
And God said, this is going to hurt us. So what I'm trying to do is encourage us to increase our knowledge of God. Because Jesus told us in one place, he said, search the scriptures for ye think ye have eternal life. So many times people say, man, I, I think so. I believe so. I'm not even sure. But we think it, but not even sure. That's what the preacher was telling me. He was telling me th things that he thought. He wasn't telling me something that he was sure about. So we have to be careful. We have to learn knowledge of God. Because again, that's where our power comes from. When we have a knowledge and understanding of God, we have power. It means nothing for us to have for us to have God in our lives but not know how to use him. See, I can have a cell phone but not know how to turn it on and it's powerless. It means nothing. We can have God in our lives but not know how to activate him because there is things that we have to do to allow God to move on our behalf. We have to because one thing that God told us to do, th this is a part of the knowledge. See, we don't have the knowledge of him. He said that we must deny ourselves. So once we deny ourselves, we allow him to move on our behalf. We activate him in our lives. We turn on the power. So just because we believe in him, that doesn't mean we have the power. That doesn't mean we have a knowledge of him. Just because we know that Jesus Christ died on the cross, that, that, that's not a real knowledge of God. That's not a real knowledge of Christ. And if we only believe, we're no better than the devil. Because the scripture says the devils believe and they tremble. Same thing. They We know just as much as the devil. He actually know a whole lot more than a whole lot of us. Yep. So we have to desire knowledge of God. The same way we desire whatever it is that we enjoy outside of God. Read uh, verse 11 again for us, Melvin. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. According to his glorious power. His knowledge will give us power to overcome the enemy. To be ready for every attack that's thrown at us. Knowledge. Knowledge is power. And that's why Paul wanted them to be increasing in the knowledge of God because it is power it's glorious power it's a power that not everyone has but everyone can have God is no respecter of persons he is willing to share this power with anyone who wants it anyone who receive it and he told us he would give us 
pastors who would feed us. These preachers are going to give us knowledge and understanding. Paul said, back again in verse 9, he wanted them to be filled with spiritual understanding. But the only way they were going to get it is through the preacher. Because that's how God designed it. But it also takes each and every one of us to search the scriptures. We better go and get that. Let's go to uh, John 5 and I think it's 39. Sounds right. Because a lot of times we say, I think, I believe, probably. We're not sure, but we're fast to say what it is we think. Now, that's fine when it's not in a lot of situations, I would say. That's okay in a lot of situations. Oh, is it supposed to rain today? Oh, I think so. That's fine. That's, that's, that's nice and dandy. But when it comes to God, we must be sure. One place he said, make your calling and election sure. You better make sure of this. But now let's see what Jesus told us in verse 39. Search the scriptures. To get knowledge. Search the scriptures to increase our knowledge. We don't even read the Bible. We don't think we have to because we say I'm already saved. I, I went to church, didn't I? What more does he want? <laughs> <laughs> what I need to read that for? I'm already right. I don't need to search. Jesus says search the scripture. We say I don't need to do that. What what I need to do that for? I, I talked to one guy. He said I don't even own a Bible. I said, man, how, how long? How long are you going to continue to make this excuse? We've discussed it. You can get the Bible app on your phone. For the free. <laughs> the same way you use all the social media apps on your phone. And I know you got them because I've seen them. So we make up so many excuses when it comes to God. So Jesus says, search the scripture. He wants us to get an understanding. He wants us to increase our knowledge of God. But why, though? All right. For in them, you think you have eternal life. He said, you think. You always saying that word, think. I, I think. I know I say it a lot. I think. But I know when it comes to God, I have to know. I, there, there can't be any thinking. There can't be any maybes, possibly. It can't be that with God. Because he told us in the book of Hosea, which we just read, we are being destroyed because we don't know. So when it comes to God, Jesus said, you better search. Because you think you already saved. You think so. You thinking it all the time that you already right with God. You thinking that. All right. And they are and they are they which testified me. The scriptures testified of Jesus. The scriptures. The scriptures he taught us what it takes to have eternal life. He said, they that believe and are baptized shall be saved. He said, they shall be saved. 
He told us if we listen to his apostles, we listen to him. So we must know, we must have a knowledge of what the apostles said. People don't want to hear what the apostles said. But you must have a knowledge of what they said. Because if you listen to what they said, you listen to what Jesus said. Jesus taught them. So we must search to get knowledge of God. We must put in some time. The same way we search for everything else. I've seen this happen so many times. If our boss tells us to go look for something, man, you looking like your life depends on it. We come back to him and we say, I couldn't find it. He said, go look again. <laughs> and with no back talk, you might say it under your breath or in your head, but you go look again. If only we searched the scriptures like that. If only you searched and you said, I couldn't find it. God's going to make it known to you. He says, seek and you shall find. Knock and it'll be open to you. God will make sure you find it. It won't be like the times where you looked for something. I did it not, I think it was about a week ago. I was looking for my wallet. In the exact place I looked, I didn't see it. I had looked at it previous, uh, multiple times and I didn't see it. And then all of a sudden, it seemed like it popped out of nowhere. But it was there the whole time. The scriptures are the same way. A lot of times we won't see it at first. But that's the reason he says search. Study. Because he wants you to put in the effort. It's there all along. It's right in front of your face. But you must put in that effort. So we have to get to a place where we desire knowledge of God. Because he wants us to know about him. So many times people say, well, you just won't know everything. Who does not understand that? A child knows you can't know everything. A child knows you don't know everything. If you ask a child something, they say, I don't know. But when it comes to God, we don't try to know. So all too often, grown people are saying, I don't know. We can't know everything. Do you use that excuse when you are being tested? When you get a sheet of paper that tells you, uh, they say, who was the 50th president? Do you say, I don't know. We can't know everything. <laughs> <laughs> when you take all these tests to, to, to get whatever certification that you worked on or that you are currently working on, whatever field that you work in, when they ask you a question, do you say, I don't know. We can't know everything. Why is it that this answer comes up so much when we talk about God? When will you try to know something? This happens so often. 
when you go to an interview and they say, how will you respond in this situation when you have to take blame for something that was not your fault? Would you say, I don't know. We can't know everything. <laughs> no, you would not. <laughs> because that would be foolish. It is foolish to, to respond in this manner. So when it comes to God, you cannot rely on, I don't know. We can't know everything. There are a lot of things you can know when it comes to God because he wants you to. That's the reason Jesus says, search the scriptures. Because he wants you to know. But he's not just going to give it that easy to you. You have to put in work. Again, I use the, the example so often. Your boss, they don't just give you a check before you've done anything. That's a crude wage. You have to work for that first. Then they say, I'll pay you. God wants you to work for knowledge. Then he's going to give it to you. Put in some time. Listen to some, some sermons. Study, pray, fast. You have to do things to receive the knowledge of God. Even if you're just going to sit there and let somebody read to you, you have to actually sit there and be attentive. It won't just pop in your head. There's things you have to do. So God's wanting us to increase our knowledge of him. He said this is the issue he has in the land. There's a controversy. There's no knowledge of him. Yeah, we know he exists. That's about it. We know he created the world in seven days. That's about it. But do we understand how he thinks? Do, he under, do we understand how he wants us to behave? How he wants us to treat each other? So this is what I wanted to discuss tonight. I pray that somebody would take heed to his words, that somebody would have a desire and a passion to increase their knowledge of God, to increase their understanding, to not use the excuse that, I don't know, we just, we just won't know everything, to not use that as a cop-out every time you don't want to put in any work because a lot of questions you can know. A lot of them. God didn't make the Bible that big. He didn't have them write the script that many scriptures for no knowledge to come out of them. There's a lot of questions God has an answer for. And he wants you to know them. They're right there in the scriptures. But you have to be willing to search. So I'll turn it back over to Melvin. I won't talk. I won't talk any longer. <laughs> well, uh, firstly, I'd like to acknowledge the comments on um, Zinthia and D.S. Jackson. Lazinthia commented at the beginning of our live stream. I'm, I'm guessing after you, Tony finished praying, she says, I touch and agree. Thank you. And D.S. Jackson says, Good to see you guys. It's good to see you too, D.S. Jackson. Thank, Thank you for you tuning in. But um, as always, a good message. I hope that everybody gets something out of it because we definitely try put our efforts into learning this into learning that and we could have all the knowledge in the world but it will mean nothing if we die and go to hell it'll be all for vain 
So we need to focus that energy. Now, it's all right to know things about things. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not saying, and Sharon says, great job, you guys. Thank you for tuning in, Sharon. Didn't Thank know you, you were here. <laughs> Usually ask questions. <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. all right to be interested in sports. It's mm-hmm. all right to be interested in space and planets and stars. But we need to make sure that we focus, we put forth that same energy into learning about God. How people say <laughs> when you do something you don't like and then when it comes to doing something for them, they need they, they say, I need to see that same energy now. <laughs> That's what God is saying. I need to see that same energy <laughs> when you open that Bible. <laughs> and I remember seeing a post. I know I'm going to quote it wrong, but I remember Tony said it a, a while back, not on the live stream, but we were talking about it. It says, <laughs> when you grab your Bible, the devil, the devil starts shaking. And when you start reading it, the devil faints. <laughs> the devil doesn't care anything about you reading the Bible if you don't get an understanding about it. Now, he doesn't want you to read it, but if you're not getting an understanding of it and getting the actual knowledge of God that's actually going to give you eternal salvation, it means absolutely nothing. He's probably laughing when we do that because he knows that we think that we're saved. As we just read, we we think that we're saved by these scriptures, but only if we look. If we put the knowledge in, then we will know for sure whether we are saved or not, whether we were baptized correctly, what doctrine is right. And that's all a denomination is. There's nothing but a faith. And in Ephesians, it says there's one Lord, one faith and one baptism. So if we believe this Bible, there is no way, no way that we can look at all of these different churches and say they are of God. Because one church says you don't have to be baptized. And one church says you do. So how in the world are both of those churches correct? There is no way. And the only way to know, study the scriptures. Jesus says, study to show thyself approved. We have to put the time and the effort to make sure that what we're reading and what we reading that we understand with all that getting, get an understanding. And that's what a lot of us are lacking. And many of us are preachers. And don't know the very simple things. Mm-hmm. And these are the people that claim to be leading people to salvation. Yet they don't know themselves. And they have a lot of outside motivation, like money, <laughs> to get people uh, to listen. To get people to give them their money. But um, that's all I'm, I'm going to add. So, again, hopefully you guys got something out of that. And that, that is just our goal, to bring knowledge and understanding and try to help you at least get on the right track of understanding what God is trying to tell us. Because I know all my life I, I wasn't studying about no Bible at all. But now that I am fully invested and I put my energy towards studying the Bible, I'm seeing a lot of things that I was previously oblivious to. And I mean, it's a lot of things in there. And Sharon says, I have quick questions. Thank you, Sharon. I always come in clutch with questions. <laughs> How can I pray for my enemies and be sincere? Not enemy per se, but people who get under your skin. That is a very good question. That's a good question. Well, it starts with Getting your heart right with God. Because if our heart isn't right, it's impossible to pray for our enemies. It's impossible. Even somebody that we say, well, they're not technically my enemy. I just can't stand them. I just can't stand to be around them. 
if our heart isn't right with God, we will never be able to do what he said. Even when uh, the disciples were talking to Jesus uh, and Jesus told them that we needed to forgive people that trespassed us 70 times 7. They said, Lord, increase our faith because we cannot do that. Sure, I want to do it because you told me, and that sounds like what you're asking, Sharon. I want to do it because God told me, but he said, but the apostle responded, increase our faith. Because, let's go read that. Because we are not in the condition to do it. Uh, let me yeah, see. That's what uh, Luke 17. Luke. Once we get our heart right, we can then do what God said do. David told uh, the Lord, he said, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit. It starts with our heart. And that's what God shed the Holy Ghost into our life for, to work on our heart. So receiving the Holy Ghost will work on our heart to shape it, to mold it into what God, the people that God's calling us to be. So let's look at Luke 17. Uh, we can start at verse three, I believe. All right. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. All right. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Now, now we know this is a hard thing to forgive somebody over and over and over and over. People continue to do us wrong, and Jesus still says, forgive them. We're supposed to pray for our enemies. Love them. Do things for people that have hurt us. He's not saying you you have to be in some type of relationship with somebody. That, that's not what he's saying. But he's saying you still have an obligation to show love to them. I can show love to a whole lot of people I'm not in a relationship with. You can do that. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was recently made aware of somebody saying something negative about me behind my back. And this same person is smiles in my face every single day. But I'm not worried about it because I I know that the, when you're trying to follow God and you're trying to do it the right way, then persecutions will come and it's promised to us. Mm -hmm. And I remember growing up, I used to get so upset about people saying stuff behind my back and be up all night just thinking about it, worrying about it. And I drive myself crazy. But for that same person who talked behind my back, I still have nothing but love for them. I pray for them the same way I pray for everybody else. And I was not always like this. So definitely it's hard in the beginning. But when you keep putting your time and effort into getting a right heart with God, getting getting your heart right with God, sorry, and getting the Holy Ghost, fasting and prayer. And mm -hmm. I remember Tony telling me when I first started reading fasting and prayer, it definitely mm -hmm. works. I cannot tell you how, in a, in a real fast now, no food, no water. It, 
It definitely. I can't tell definitely. you how many times I've said that. And I tell people the same thing all the time. I say fasting and prayer. But they don't want to fast because it requires a sacrifice. They say, well, I, I'm going to give up food or I'm going to give up a certain type of food, but I'm going to keep drinking water all day. And it's... <laughs> And then they say, if you if you give up something that you don't like, that's like me saying, now I don't drink, but I'm just saying, that's like me saying, I'm going to give up beer. I, I already don't drink it, so what sacrifice am I giving out? So definitely our body wants food and water. So when we give that up for a certain amount of time, then we're not doing anything but getting our flesh under control. Because that the... the where it says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh desires that which is ungodly. And when we fast and pray, we're getting our flesh under control to where we can actually control our flesh because we don't have any self-control. When it comes to things that we really like, mm -hmm. that's against God. We, we don't have any self-control. No matter how much we say that we do, mm -hmm. we really don't. And Sharon said, it's hard, but I understand exactly what you both are saying. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen, Sharon. And I started talking. We can get back oh, to the scripture. Yeah, we can finish that verse out. Uh, just read verse four over again for us. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Mm -hmm. And the apostle said unto the Lord, increase our faith. They told him, increase our faith because we are not in the position to do that. Sure, I want to do it. But I know the way my heart is right now, I'm not able to do that. There's some things that God told us. And yes, you may say, I want to do it, but I'm just not able right now. I'm just not able. So it's a, it's a, it's a work in progress, but we have, it is going to be impossible to do these things without his spirit. So we first have to check and see. Do I have God's spirit? Because his spirit, that's what he sent forth his spirit for. Shed abroad in our hearts. So that he can work on our hearts. That's why he gave us the Holy Ghost. To lead and guide us. Because so many people don't have his spirit. Don't want his spirit. And they'll never get that, the heart that God wants. See, God's asking for a lot. He really is. But it's not a lot once you actually receive his spirit and receive knowledge of him. It actually becomes a lot easier, a whole lot easier. It's going to be some tough times, but it will get so much easier if we receive knowledge of him and trust in him. And Tyler says, y'all keep up Kai's work. Thank you for tuning in, Tyler. We definitely, mm -hmm. that is definitely our goal. But um, Sharon, I hope that answers the question, which I think you said it does. You say quick questions. So <laughs> if you have any more, definitely, <laughs> definitely lay it on us. Because this is what, you know, we love doing, obviously. Another scripture. 
Uh, I was just thinking about something. Um, we can look at it real quick. Um, giving somebody time to ask another question if anybody had anything they wanted to ask. Uh, we got ample amount of time. Yep. <laughs> um, it's in Romans 5. Romans 5 and 5. Romans 5 and 5. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Read that verse one more time for us. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. The Holy Ghost given unto us allows us to have love in our hearts. This is how we are able to love those people that have done us wrong. The Holy Ghost is what allowed Jesus to say, Father, forgive them. As they reach back their hand to hit this man, he was able because of love to say, Father, forgive them. As they fixed their mouth to spit on this man, he was able to say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's love. Love is what allowed him to sit there as they drove nails through his hand. That was love. Love is what made him stay on the cross because he could have came down. Those nails didn't hold up anything. He could have came down. Love held him there. Because if you want to argue that he could not have come down, how did he raise himself from the dead then? If he had no power. How did he raise Lazarus from the dead four days in the grave if he had no power? How did he open blind eyes if he had no power? He had power to come down. But it was love that made him do what he did. So once we receive his spirit, once we receive knowledge of him, we then can have love in our hearts. Because that's why we can't love our enemies. Because there is a lack of love. There's a lack. Because when you have a parent a parent when a parent has a child no matter what that child has done that parent don't want to see that child killed that parent does not want to see their child killed because of love so once we have a love we don't want to see that other person hurt no matter what they have done it would not matter what evil these people have done love will say man I don't want to see that person go to hell. I'm going to pray for them that they get right with God. I'm going to pray for them that they learn to stop doing people this way, mistreating others, because I care about them. That's love. And Sharon says, I've learned that the power of prayer is powerful. I pray each night and sleep so peacefully and wake up with a prayer, with a prayer and my day seems to go smoother. Mm -hmm. Prayer will change things. It definitely will change things. So just continue to see God through prayer, through fasting, through 
increasing knowledge of him. That he will continue to uh, shed love in our hearts. Because the love is important. And a lack of knowledge, a lack of love won't allow us to do what God told us to do. It's extremely important. So once we have the knowledge of God, we can then have the love of God. Because we see all the things Jesus did. I, I was talking to someone earlier. Um, and this guy was telling me how he wanted the world to be fair. And I said, man, it's not going to be. But he did not have a knowledge of God to understand that it won't be fair. I said, man, Jesus was a perfect person. And the world was not fair to him. So if he was perfect, what do you expect them to do to you? You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. What do you expect them to do to us? They're not going to be fair to any of us. Not a single one. When a perfect man, they weren't fair to him. Jesus said, they've done this to a green tree. What do you expect them to do to a dry? He said, what do you think they're going to do to y'all? I did everything right. And they still did him that way. So once we get a knowledge of God, it changes everything. It changes the way we see the world. We would understand that it's not going to be fair. But we would have the power to go on. We would have enough love to say, no matter what, even though you aren't fair, I'm still going to love you. Because love is powerful. Knowledge is powerful. So we have to increase our knowledge of God. We have to. We have to increase our spiritual wisdom and understanding. It'll take us to new heights. Taka says love is powerful. Keisha says the world will never be fair. Never will. Never will. So if anybody else has any questions, definitely feel free to reach out. Um, and as Melvin always says, if you don't want to ask questions over the live stream, you can definitely message us. Message our Join the Midst of the Storm page or message one of our personal pages. Just no matter what, just ask your question because there are people that have the same questions, the same concerns. They just may be afraid to voice them. And then even may, nobody may have their question now. These mm -hmm. are recorded and these are uploaded to all podcast platforms. People could be listening to this from year, years from now. I listened to sermons from the year <laughs> 2000 and 2001. So if anybody is listening to this in 2041, the word, hey, from 2020, but the word is still the same. And that's, it astonishes me. I listen to these messages that are so old and it's the exact same today mm -hmm. because that's what the word says. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So when we look in the Bible and see how people received salvation back then, it will be the exact same way today. Mm -hmm. The exact same way because God changes not.
But I won't go into a whole another rant. But um, <laughs> thank you for everyone that um, tuned in. I'll thank you individually, Lizanthia, Diaz Jackson, Sharon, Tyler, Taka, Lakeisha. Thank you guys so much thank you um, guys. for tuning we in. Appreciate you. Amen. And um, we'll definitely be back and take another turn on the wheel, as they say, <laughs> and die, take another deep dive into the Bible next Thursday evening at the same time. Uh, we hope to see you guys there, and we hope to have more comments, more questions, and more interaction because that's what makes this even better. We already love bringing the word to you guys, but just knowing that people are interested and people want to gain a deeper understanding of how God operates, then it just means all the more. So, again, thank you for tuning in. I hope you guys have a blessed and safe weekend. And Audio versions will be uploaded to all major podcast platforms if you want to listen to it anywhere, any pl- anytime, anywhere. And again, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next Thursday with another topic. Wait, we got it. Keisha says, thank you. This was my first time watching. I enjoyed it. I'm going to go back and watch more. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you. as you see, we have 49 more. As <laughs> This is week <laughs> 50. And if you do, and if you search joy in the midst of the storm on any podcast platform it'll come up and you can definitely listen to it there we'll greatly appreciate it if you have any questions um you can email jmstorm2019 at gmail.com or the join the midst of the storm facebook page or even our personal facebook pages and it doesn't matter what time i know a lot of people get bad and say why are you messaging me at 4 a.m i don't care if it's whatever time it doesn't matter because Gaining a deeper understanding of, of God and how to get salvation, how to live holy, anything related to God is way more important than sleep. So don't worry about what time it is or, or whatever. Just ask questions. So, again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being interested because you definitely are in the, the great minority because people want put in so much effort to learn about so many other things. And they may excel at it and become millionaires. I mean, look at Elon Musk. Look at um, the scientists that died a couple of years ago. Uh, Stephen Hawking. And they were very successful people. But even if I were to become this, that successful, it would mean nothing if I gain all that money and all these houses and die and go to hell. And if I would have just taken a look in the Bible, I would see that Jesus promised me that. He said there are many, fa- many houses, many mansions in my own father's house. He promises us all of that. So... Again, it just all goes back to getting a deeper knowledge and understanding of God. So, again, thank you. We cannot thank you guys enough for tuning in. And for real this time, we're going to wrap it up. I'm glad. See, I was clicking the button to go to the outro, and then I missed it. And then I saw your comment, Lakeisha. So, I'm glad that I missed that button, and I got to address it before we went off the air. So, thank you. Sharon says, amen, amen, Sharon. And have a great night. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks, who brings the word every week. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You should tune in and ask questions or just tell us how you're doing. We'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic. Rejoice in the Lord always.